Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I am your host, JJ. It's so good to have you all. I, I know this is just one of many podcasts you all could be listening to. Uh, I listen to a couple myself, but the mere fact you chose this few moments uh, to spend with us in this podcast, I really appreciate it and I'm really thankful. Big shout out to those who are sharing it. I can tell it's being shared. I'm getting questions and stuff like that in the email. If you do have any questions about anything that we're going over, uh, if you have any other questions about Bible or or anything like that, you know, related to the Bible, go ahead and send it to walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com, walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com. And while you're on the internet, go ahead and check out exquisitecreations.com. Some of the website is up. I, I know some of the website is up, um, but she does uh, make tumblers and things of that nature. And they're really great tumblers. And I, she has so many different techniques when she makes tumblers. It's absolutely amazing. I could do a podcast just on the way that she makes tumblers. Uh, but this is not what this podcast is about. But I'm telling you, her tumblers are amazing. And also, if you're on Amazon, if you look for a book to read, go ahead and download uh purchase and download Templar Chronicles 1 New Players Templar Chronicles 1 New Players by Ray Slaughter it's a pretty decent book um, if I say so it was I think last time I looked at it it was at 4.7 stars on Amazon which is a pretty good rating so go ahead and give it a download give it a look see and see if you like it and other than that we're just going to get right into everything uh, today if you remember last week, John had a dilemma because he tried to figure out if Jesus was the one that, we was, that he was waiting for, that he was preaching about. And so Jesus started getting into the heart of his ministry. So what is his ministry? What was his ministry? And I say that in the present tense is because this is Jesus is still his ministry. Jesus was teaching about being born again, a new birth. Okay, and this sort of was a little confusing to a lot of people. And another reason why it was confusing to a lot of people is because you have to consider the uh, the environment, the religious environment that was present in Israel, in Israel at that time. The synagogues had risen to become some sort of a, a sort of parapolitical sort of organization. Where you know the rabbis pretty much ruled everything, and they, they said they were ruling it out of the law. And Israel themselves were kind of subjugated by Rome, so then they had the Roman political structure. And basically, what Rome decided to do was to allow Israel to run their own internal affairs, as long as they gave money to Rome, and then Rome will still consider Israel a slave state. So this is. The reason why the synagogues seem to be have a lot of power, but they were limited in their power, as you will see if you go down uh, through various stages of uh, Jesus' crucifixion. They, the, the Israelites would actually turn to Rome for the go-ahead. All right. So the un, the, the real thing about Jesus' ministry is that he received a lot of mixed reactions. 
Some of the people were really excited to see Jesus, and some of the people were not so excited to see Jesus, and some people were downright hateful. It seemed like every time Jesus opened his mouth, there were a group of uh, Pharisees or scribes or prophets or group of religious people ready to stone Jesus, which you only generally did if they committed a blasphemy. And we're going to talk about that. The other thing Jesus had with his ministry was that the common people, the people who were not connected to the synagogue, a lot of them received him gladly. And so what Jesus started doing was he started preaching to the poor and the, the, the outcast, the out of power people. And he was showing his ministry to be powerful in that way. And the, the people who were quote unquote educated, or as I like to say, educated, they didn't really receive Jesus all that well. Because the whole idea of Jesus being there sort of usurped their power. And once you usurp someone's power, that has been in a power and, and sort of an establishment sort of power, you become a threat to them. And they begin to, uh, they're not going to receive you gladly, first of all. But if you begin to get too powerful, then they want to start to come after you. That's, that's just how humans work, because humans are a corrupt being. And we get that. And, you know, we even have a saying, all power corrupts absolutely, but... But power does not corrupt absolutely, but an absolute fool corrupts the power that they wield. Wield something to that effect, right? So now you have the common people receiving Jesus because they they hadn't had any sort of um, education as far as uh, the ecumenical sign. You know, they had limited education, and then you had the quote-unquote rulers in the high places synagogues and all of that they didn't like Jesus because Jesus threatened their power so many there were also in the people in the, the Pharisees and the, in the synagogues and stuff like that there were people who were in those positions that actually did believe on Jesus but they could not profess that they believed on Jesus because if they said that they believed on Jesus they would be kicked out of the synagogue. They would be ostracized. And they would quite possibly be put to death as traitors. Or what's the term you guys throw around these days? Insurrectionists. Something like that. So they would be typically um, quiet about uh, their belief in Jesus. And one such person, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, was Nicodemus. He's a perfect example of someone who got a revelation, but he's in a position of power. So now he has to explore this revelation on sort of a down-low level, sort of a secret level. Um, Matt 12 and 37. Now, let's start there today. Now, if you've ever been a part of our uh, podcast, there's always a rule here. I'm going to go through some scriptures. Always read a verse or two above, verse or two below, or preferably the whole chapter. Why? Because context is everything. Context is everything. Okay? So, with that being said, I just generally don't want to read the whole chapter because you can take a half an hour and you may not, I'm assuming you can read the Bible yourself. But here's, we do this in order to sort of conserve time. So, Mark 12 37. 
David therefore called him Lord, and whence he is whence is he then his son? And common people heard him gladly. This is the verse talking about um, the common people were receiving Jesus' words as he gave it to them. And they they sort of questioned it, but they didn't question it in the way that they cast doubt on it. A lot of times when you're learning something, you hear it, you should question it because that's how you either learn or disprove it. We don't do that a lot. You know? Somebody just says something kind of weird. You just kind of either accept it or reject it, but you don't question it. Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the who? To the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty that are bruised. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, what does this mean exactly? Does this mean that uh, the only dumb people can be Christians? No, this is not what that means. And, a lot of, and you hear a lot of people who scoff at the word of God try to make that determination that only the, only the stupid are Christians. But what that means there is that when people are called, it, it takes a lot of faith. And, and a lot of times you can't logically justify faith. And when you try to logically justify faith, the whole thing falls apart. And for a lot of people, it didn't say no one who was educated was called. It said there's not many. Because a lot of people who, when they quote-unquote believe that they make themselves, they don't have any room for in their hearts for God or in their souls for God. 1 Corinthians 26, I'll be read that. So John 12, 42 and 43. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him but because the pharisees they did not confess them they said you put out of the synagogue for they lived they loved the praise of men more than the praise of god see this actually goes into the previous verse you know it's you know it's, it takes you know it's not in the same chapter but they loved the praise of men because the rulers of the synagogue were were like celebrities you know you got special treatment wherever you were but in so doing, they corrupted, they corrupted the office of the synagogue. And so now they had no praise of God. They just had praise of men. Now, here's one such person who was in the synagogue. We mentioned him earlier today. His name was Nicodemus. Now, we, we talk about Nicodemus quite a bit. But we don't, I'm not sure if we really grasp the situation that Nicodemus was in. In order to be in a position that Nicodemus was in, be a Pharisee, a scribe. You had decades of schooling. You had, this was like being a, a doctor. And I mean like a, not just like a, a doctor that, you know, you do a correspondence course online and then you're, you call yourself a doctor. No, 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 no. This is like really like, you know, you're going to four-year university and then you go into pre-med and then you go into med school and then you go to specialization school and then then now you do your specialization and then now you have to do your thesis and your doctoral studies and all that like this is basically to be where Nicodemus was he was like like the neurosurgeon of like medicine except you could have to you know correlate that to religious study 
So he was like the neurosurgeon of theological discussions. If you ever want to have a very difficult discussion with someone about God, have it with someone with a degree in divinity. And I, I hate to say this to you because it's just it's just true. But if you ever want to have a very difficult discussion, or if you ever want to have a very difficult debate, or a very of just an unproductive time in your life, try witnessing to someone with a degree in this. And I, I hate to say it because it's it just, it just, I'm not sure if it, it's the educational aspect that's in the way I could deal with Nicodemus. Because when Nicodemus came to see Jesus, Jesus gave him a very simple concept. And then what did Nicodemus do? Turn around and made it very difficult. John 3, 1 through 3. Then there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Jesus wasn't like just some regular person. But the, he was a ruler of the Jews. The same thing Jesus by night said to the rabbi. We know thou art a teacher come from God, but no man can do these miracles that thou can do except God be with Jesus said one line out. He blew all that aside. I'm, man, I don't care what you, I don't care about these miracles right here. I don't care about what you think about me. I don't care about all of this stuff, all this fluff you just gave me. And I don't even, um, I don't even care about the fact you tried to call me rabbi. Jesus said one thing to him. Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this had to confuse Nicodemus. Because if you've ever listened to, now sometimes I like to watch even C-SPAN or something. And when somebody's doing a hearing, like in a congressional hearing, you get five minutes and then you spend four and a half minutes with like spill. And then you get like two questions. <laughs> and then you don't like the answer. You, you try to reclaim your time. This is kind of where Nicodemus was. He gave a whole bunch of spiel whole bunch of spiel and Jesus brushed all that aside because it wasn't the miracles it wasn't about his being his title it was about saving your soul except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God then Nicodemus in his logical mind is is anyone you know logically speaking will say well what are you talking about Jesus I, I mean if I'm old do you mean I you mean I can't be saved can a man enter his mother's womb and be born again? Because this is the only born thing I know about. Now, Jesus had to kind of cut through that again and really kind of explain it and really kind of, quote unquote, dumb it down. And he said, Verily, verily, I said, except the man be born of water and of the spirit cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, Nicodemus, even though he was trying to associate it with a natural birth, Jesus is telling him, no, sir. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. And this is not a spiritual birth that occurs when you're naturally born, as some people like to say. We're not just talking about when you come out of your mother's womb the first time. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit of God in order to see the kingdom of God. So then you say, well, what does this mean? Water refers to water in baptism. And spirit 
is baptism of the Holy And this was not just this was not just something that Jesus threw out and you know kind of hit Nicodemus in the head with. This was a promise that he delivered. He was actually delivering it to Nicodemus. And I've heard some Bible scholars say that on the day of Pentecost, Nicodemus was there. But I can't confirm that. I can't deny that. It really doesn't make any difference to me. So, but I've heard people say that Nicodemus was there. Um, so now Jesus went into Jerusalem to observe the Feast of Tabernacles right after right? And this is where he made a very significant statement. John 3, I'm sorry, John 7, 37 and 39. In that last day, the great day of the feast, the Feast of the Tabernacles, what he's talking about, Jesus stood and cried, if any man thirst, any man, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth, let's stop right there, what are you talking about? Is he talking about the cup of wine that Jesus was holding in his hand? No. A lot of times we have to kind of discern whether Jesus is speaking in a spiritual sense or if he's talking in a literal sense. Here he is talking about a spiritual sense. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shuffle, rivers of living water. Where did you hear that before? Before Rivers of living water. Where did you hear that? Water shall break out in the where? Ah, that's right, in the wilderness. So this is, this is Jesus tying all of these prophecies together, and he's going to give you a promise. 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, and now the Bible has explained this because the writer has explained this because he understood what Jesus was saying. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that, that they that believe in him should receive. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this is saying that anyone up to that point, no one up to that point has ever had the Holy Ghost. Now, well, I know what you just said, but, but JJ, the Spirit of God moved upon some men. Yes, the Spirit of God moved upon, moved upon, like moved upon, like you grab someone's hand and pull them across the room, rather than being inside that person and guiding them. Oh, yeah, see, that's the big difference. And so, and so, a lot of people, we will actually confuse these two concepts. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given to dwell in the men yet, because Jesus had not gone to the cross. And so now Jesus is given this promise. This promise was to anybody. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. It doesn't matter... Um, where you live, how much money you have in the bank, how much money you don't have in the bank, how many people have dogged you out in the past, how many people you've dogged out in the past. This promise is to anyone. That verse says, if any man, any, and by man, I know y'all out there want to hear this too, by any man, that means any of mankind, which means any man, any woman, any boy, any girl. Okay? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, the qualifying thing is that first, you have to thirst for it. Now, I know this is this, this day of social social media and stuff like that. We kind of get the idea of what is a thirst trap and this and that. So what does that mean? 
that means you autumn you almost have to it, it, a thirst is something that that drives you that you know probably one of the reasons why you clicked on this podcast is you were looking for god you were looking for something that for to to kind of uh kind of guide your soul guide your spirit is you're looking for something good you, you are panting after it. You are seeking it. You have to absolutely seek it. It's not something that's just going to, you know, come down and slap you in the head and grab you by the hair and then make make you do something. It's you, some, you have to thirst and seek. So, in doing so, you have to be able to come to God for it. And these rivers of living water that will flow out of you is the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Some people call it the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the Holy Ghost. There are literally people who fight over whether it should be called Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. I don't care. It does that Spirit of God dwell in you. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Now, when did that ever happen in the Bible? That happened in the book of Acts. And we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that. We're probably going to spend several episodes on it. But that is when the Spirit of God was finally given to men from this promise right here. And I, it's always good to remind ourselves that when God promises something, a lot of times it doesn't happen right away. Because there's some things that have to happen before that God is doing. So we shouldn't always be impatient to get a promise of, of what God is doing, is doing for us. And in order to receive this promise, or just like if you receive any promise, if I promise to you, hey, if you come over here, if you listen to this podcast, I'll send you a $50 check. You got to believe, if you're going to listen to the podcast, that I'm going to send you a $50 check. That also is the sort of, uh, that's sort of the same animus. When you believe that if you thirst after Jesus, he's going to give you something. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the spirit of him that dwells inside of you that helps guide you on your decisions. And listen, I'm not saying that once you get the Holy Ghost, everything's going to be great. And I'm not saying that everything's going to be easy. I'm not saying that everything's going to be, you know, that it's not going to be any trials. It's not going to be any troubles. It's not going to be any tribulations. This Holy Ghost is is designed, God is giving you a spirit of, of His Spirit in order to guide you through these times. To try your faith, to make your, to solidify your faith even. And so, it's important to understand that, one, when you come to Jesus, you believe who He is, you understand what you're getting, and you understand how that makes you live. And it by making you live, I know that that sort of sounds like a sort of a uh, sort of a by force kind of thing, but it, it really guides you because once you receive it, it sort of guides you. It guides you the way you speak. It guides the way you think. It guides because you literally start to uh, think on a different level than people who don't have the Holy Ghost, and, and it'll take a while for you to notice that you're doing this, but. And I'm only telling you this because this is how God saved me. This is how God changed me. Did I backslide? Oh yeah, I did. But I, when I came back, 
because this I kept thirsting after the Spirit of God, and, and that brings up an interesting point. I'm, and this is I, I saw your question about people who have backslid before and come back. That I'm not going to answer that now, just because of the sake of time. Um, but we there is a, a entire study based on that because you're literally kind of taking your soul salvation and but again that's an entirely different that's enough subject for a different episode um, other than that um, like I said we were going to get to the planet, the Pentecost but um, next time we're going to be talking about parables and, and the way Jesus taught his lessons and, and how you can actually take different things out of different parables and apply them to your life which is exactly what this podcast is about. Finally, about applying these things to your life. All right. I just want to thank you all for listening. Coming to the end of this episode, I, I do want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing it. Big shout out to you guys. Big shout out to you guys over in East Asia. I'm not going to name a country. Um, and the Western part of the Asian continent. Thank you so much for coming on board. I'm really honored to have you all and thank you so much. Um, if you have any questions, any concerns, any any comments, any feedback, I, I'll take that too. Uh, walk with me Bible study at gmail.com. Again, this is JJ. If you have, you know, today, smile at somebody. And I'm not talking about in a devious sort of sort of dirty silent smile. Just smile at them. Let them know that God loves them. Because God loves you. God loves you, then you can love that other person. All right, let them know. A lot of people do not know this is a very perilous time to be living. People think they're looking for love, and they don't know that there's love right there waiting. All right, God bless you all. Thank you. See you on the next one. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. I got this spread of little words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason.